Welcome back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. The Steelers just announcing that they have named Omar Khan their GM. Uh, that, is, that is now fresh news. Okay. And uh, that was uh, it came out last night that, that that was going to be the possibility. Or that was what was going to happen. Uh, Eric mm-hmm. Weidel. Or Ant, not Eric. Andy. Andy Weidel. Mm-hmm. Eric Weidel. I'm thinking of Eric Idle. <laughs> different, completely different guy. <laughs> not now for something completely different. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, it will be named assistant GM. And I think what... The, <clears throat> Again, I, I I wrote the story last night, and people immediately, well, Omar Khan doesn't have any, uh, he's not a player personnel guy. Well, that's why they hired Weidel. Right, 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 right. I, I think they complement each other really well. Yeah. I mean, Omar's obviously got a background with numbers, with salary cap. Um, they have a lot of salary cap space going forward. I think that was a big consideration, you know, how they're going to allocate funds and all those things. But he's also been in the organization a long time. He knows how they do things. I'm sure he's been in every draft meeting since he's been hired as well. I mean, he's not just, hey, get the contracts ready. I mean, I yeah. think there's more than that. And Andy has an extensive scouting background. You right. know, I mean, he's he's been the boots on the ground, going into colleges, doing watching the tape, all that kind of thing. So in so, reality, what they actually did here was Weidel really takes what Kevin Colbert was doing, mm-hmm. running the scouting department. Right, right. I assume that he'll be in charge of, like, it doesn't sound like much, but the GM also or the, the, the scouting director is in charge of, well, Johnny's going to be at USC this day yeah. and then, you know, and all that kind of stuff, scheduling and things Ske- like yeah, that. Yeah, doing too. all that stuff and then compiling the information mm-hmm. at the end of it all. He'll be the guy that goes with Mike Tomlin to the pro days. I would imagine, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. And he Whereas may be on the road Omar some Omar won't do that probably. Right, like yes. I, I bet at some point. Andy goes to Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah. You know, that's like the so really, what too. they didn't change anything in the structure, other than giving t- different titles. Mm, right. Omar Khan's going to do the same job that he's been doing. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. wonder. I assume he'll still be heavily involved with contract. Certainly, extremely involved with salary cap. Right. But I mean, they may have a lawyer type that actually writes up the verbiage and stuff for contracts. Yeah. That's that's not my area of expertise by <laughs> any stretch. Not my pay grade. Right. But so yeah, that that's uh, now official. Uh, Matt, I wanted to talk about this uh, p- these pieces. And he's uh, a Lebo guy, by the way. Yeah. You're younger than me from Lebo, so more local ties. Um, CBSSports.com put out an article, and I didn't realize it was this many. Ranking all 17 new NFL head coach quarterback duos of 2022. It's amazing. 17. 17. 17. More That's than half. half the league. Yeah. Is, Either as a new head coach, a new quarterback, or both. Or, right. I mean, it's unbelievable. The two most important things in the game to me. Yeah. And, and the Steelers are one of those, so I thought yep. that was germane to the conversation here. Which obviously so, is rare for yeah. this team to have that to be in that conversation. Yeah. Haven't been in that situation since, well, 2007 when Mike Tomlin was hired. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah, very stable at both those yeah. spots. Uh, there are a few clarifiers here. So, Which, uh, to me, these teams have more room for error than the Chiefs or yeah. the Bills. or You know what I mean? So a team needs just one new starting quarterback or head coach to qualify. Daniel Jones has been the Giants quarterback for years, but he represents a new duo alongside Brian Dayball. Yes. Uh, surprisingly, though, of the 17 teams this year that have one or, the, one or the other, only one has both. Only one has both. Okay. That is a little surprising. Usually yeah. a terrible team blows I believe that's it up, Denver. And, and that is Denver. That's yeah. a good call. Yeah. Uh, we're ranking the duos, not the respective teams. That said, quarterback-head coach duos can be a good indicator of a team's standing. Chances are, if your, favorite, if your favorite team's pairing is high on the list, they're better positioned to overcome other weaknesses. If you were the owner of the Washington Lollies, new NFL team. They'd be great. They'd be so good. They'd have a fantastic logo. <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> and you could have a better quarterback or head coach. 
quarterback covers up a lot of the. I know. I mean, I'm not talking Brady, Belichick, Marino. I'm, think, you know I'm I mean? thinking like, like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay covered up a lot of a lot of warts. Yeah. I mean, it's, they they obviously each can make the other look better. Yeah. But man, if I have a hundred bucks to spend on everything in my organization, a lot of it would be on quarterback and head coach. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. I mean? You know. Yeah, no doubt. And then finally, this is the 22, 2022 ranking more than a draft. We'd much rather gamble on Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance for the long term, for example. But Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins are already proven starters. Okay. I understand. I get, yeah. I get what you're saying there. Okay. So number their number one duo is uh, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and Todd Bowles. Yeah, because it really isn't a change. It's not much of a change. Yeah, no. Bowles was already there. They didn't bring somebody in from outside the organization. Still run the he's already been a head coach, right? Know, so he knows what he's doing in that respect. I think Brady brings a little bit of leadership as well. I'm not think. I don't think Tampa's yeah. hurting for leadership all of a sudden either, or experience. Yeah. Number two is Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Hmm. I mean, I guess we'll go through these, but immediately I think that's too high, but we'll see. I think so as well, because Hackett has never been a head coach right. before. I'm going to be very prejudiced against first-time head coaches. Yeah. You know, even like Brandon Staley seems like a really bright young guy, and everyone's going to say he goes for it too much on fourth down. I expect him to be a much better coach in year two you than year things. one. Yeah. I think year one's really hard on rookie coaches. Number three is Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski. I would put that ahead of Denver, but I mean, but you don't know how much you talk about yeah. that is a, just a huge asterisk. It, it, there's going to be a huge asterisk, no right. matter what. I'm just talking on the field when they're both because looking. If, if that were Kevin Stefanski and Jacoby Brissett, they yeah. would be way down this list. <laughs> right, right, right. Because Baker's gone either way. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, good they'd point, be like twelfth right. on this list, 100, percent if That's not lower. Point. Yes. Uh, the Colts with Matt Ryan and Frank Reich. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not. Probably Super Bowl, or again, I don't think that's exactly Marino Shula or Walsh Montana, but I'll take that. Yeah, I mean it's probably one of the top twelve in the league. The Vikings with Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell, first time head coach. I, I don't I know. Can't. It's too much of an unknown. It's too big a job. I could pick to Kevin that. O'Connell out of a, a lineup. Right I now. remember him as a quarterback coming out <laughs> as like a fourth round pick. Yeah. You know, he's a big strong guy. You know, but who knows? Yeah. Being a head coach is hard. Uh, the Raiders with Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. See, I would put that much higher because at least Josh has done it. He's been a head coach, not a successful head coach. No. But he's been a head coach. And he's turned down the Colts, which seems like a kind of an a-hole move. But, yeah. I mean, and, but <laughs> after accepting the yeah, job. After accepting the job. Yeah. But I know who Carr is. I'll take him over Cousins. I'll take him over Ryan. Yeah. You know. Seven is Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. Peterson, I think, gets you a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a back there's a background there. He's the adult in the room. He's He's won games. I mean, I'm not saying Jacksonville's going to turn it around in a year, but I think that's stabilizing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's certainly more than what yeah. they had last year. Number eight is the Steelers with Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin. Would that be the same ranking for Mitch Trubisky and Mike Tomlin? I guess. I mean, the Tomlin side of it is the best of all the things we've mentioned so far to me. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, of all the coaches, he's the one I would put highest. So that carries a ton of weight. I mean, a lot more than O'Connell, you know. I mean – of the young quarterbacks, I would rather have Lawrence than the Trubisky-Pickett conversation. Um, I guess that's where they belong. That might be a little harsh. I mean, I think I'd rather have the Steelers combination than Minnesota's. Yeah. yeah. And maybe even, I don't know how much we're factoring in. Well, again, we don't know what's going on in Cleveland. I would say Indy is solid, stable, is fine, but there's not immense upside there, and it's not a long-term fix. Yeah, and we don't know that Frank Reich is a – great coach no i don't think he's a great coach i mean i think he'd probably be middle of the pack 
Yeah, I mean, they, they've, it wasn't all Carson Wentz's fault that they faded last year. It, <laughs> right, like, right, right. Frank right. Reich had a, a pretty big hand in that. Right, everyone wants to blame the one guy, and it wasn't his team game. This one's interesting. Number nine is Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan. Is that new, though? I guess it's a new starter. Okay. Well, Jimmy's still on the team. He's still on the team. I'm not sure that one counts. I don't think I would count that one. I mean, he was a niner actually, last we're year. We're actually 16. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to count that one. No. Uh, number 10 is Tua and Mike McDaniel. I think that's going to be really good for Tua. I just don't think Tua is ever going to be really good. <laughs> you know, like, I think this will be the best opportunity he ever he gets to like succeed. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I am, yeah. I, I like Tua less and less all the time. Yeah. And, and by all accounts, he's extremely likable, very hard worker, rare charisma. You know, people love him. His teammates will run through a wall for him. That's great. I just don't think he's very talented. Yeah. He's not big, strong, fast. He doesn't throw the football particularly well. Uh, and he's injury prone. I don't see it with him anymore. No, I don't either. Uh, 11, this one is, this one's tough. It's Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus. Okay. Um, that is tough. I, again, Eberflus could walk right up to us right now, spit in my face, and I'm like, who is that? <laughs> who is that? And he's a defensive guy. Right. Right. And they have not done anything around Justin Fields this year to help mm-hmm. him. I will say, just a shout out, you were talking local dudes. Luke Getzey's the offensive coordinator, yeah. and there probably isn't a coach in the league that isn't in this building that I'm rooting for more. And, I, I mean, Luke was a tremendous player to be around person. Again, I'm rooting for him to no end. And I don't know if he's a good coach or not. I mean, that's just the facts. I mean, yeah. we don't know assistant coaches. I mean, frankly, we don't know if Whitel and Connor He was with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So, right. You know, I mean, I know he's putting in the work, and he's a high-quality yeah. dude. Um but hope he's got a tough job. I mean, I don't, I don't envy Luke's job at all to no. be in charge of Chicago's offense. At twelve is Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera. I would have that one higher. I'd have that one higher. Yeah, Rivera's an NFL head coach. Yeah, like, and, and I don't, I'm not saying O'Connell. He's a isn't. borderline top ten head coach. Yeah, I mean, like he's in that call. He's he's the Derek Carr slash. Uh, yeah, Kirk right, right, of, exactly. Of, of head coaches. Which is who I think Frank Reich is, too. Yeah. You know, they're all. They're in that They're tier. one of the 32 best. Yeah. You know, they'd probably be, employ- you know, if they got let go, they'd probably be employed a year later or on Fox for a year, and then they go back to coaching if they so choose or a major or, you know, college program. And Wentz doesn't stink. Right. I mean, again, it's back to the Colts conversation. He's gotten too much heat over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that one's way too low. Way too low. Uh, Jameis Winston and Dennis Allen. Now, Dennis Allen has been a head coach before. Yes. Not a successful one. And it was in Oakland, which yeah, just, I don't even know if it counts. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> they've had 72 head coaches. I watch, actually watched the Al Davis uh, 30 for 30 last night. Football life, baby? Football life, yeah. I'll say it because I think uh, Max Crosby was on NFL Network. And he was picking all kinds of Raiders stuff all day. Yeah, was back. go figure. You're right. And I actually caught the end of one of the, the Al Davis football. But Dennis Allen, like, they're just cycling. The, the, the Raiders have cycled through coaches, like. With all respect to Al Davis, the end of his ten, end of his lifespan as man being in charge with Raiders was dysfunction <laughs> junction. You know what I mean? Right. I would have that one higher, too, though. I mean, I think people know I'm a Winston fan. 
but I, in, I'm not going to kill him for being a new head coach as much because he was bumped up in the organization. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a little easier You're not to coming me. in from the outside. We're going to keep everything in place. We're yeah. going to have the same offense, the same defense. The same coaching staff. Yeah. It's not Kevin O'Connell or the Miami situation. You or know. even Brian Dable going to the Giants. Like, right, right, right. You know. We haven't mentioned them yet, I guess. Well, yeah, he's right. coming up coming here soon. Up, right. Uh, in fact, he's next at 14. Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball. Of all the new coaches, I think Dayball is my favorite. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'd have this combination any higher. So yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Figure that out as you will. <laughs> I also think if I was Daniel Jones's lawyer, I could make a decent case for him for not stinking. Like, give me a line. Give me, you know, skill guys that play 10 games, you know, <laughs> maybe even 16 or 17. And don't change coordinators every year on me. Yeah. You know, so I think he could have an okay year. I don't think that I would have picked up his fifth-year option or any of those things. Um, you know, so that, that should be low. He's also not super talented either. The Seahawks, and right now they list Geno Smith as the head coach with Pete Carroll. Well, Geno Smith, is that again, isn't a new. He's not new. Drew Locke is the new quarterback. Who do you think is going to start there? I can't believe they would go into a season with Geno Smith as their starter. I know. I mean, Geno, Geno Smith's here. been in the league since 2013 and has never mm-hmm. been a team's opening day starter. Right. By choice. I mean, I, I'm, he's never been a starter by choice. He should be employed. He should yeah. be a number two, but he's a backup. Yeah. Right. That's what he is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what if it was Baker? Uh, Baker and Carroll, would you have him higher? Maybe a little bit, but not mm-hmm. much. Who's better, Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield? Carson Wentz. Do you think that's a slam dunk? I do. Okay. I think they're on the same tier, but I would rather have Wentz. I'd rather have Wentz. Wentz is more talented, too. Yeah. If we're just talking talent, Baker's like Tua to me. There's not a lot of talent there. Yeah. 16 is Marcus Mariota and Arthur Smith. It's pretty low. I, I like the Smith hiring. He doesn't have any players, though. <laughs> I don't know how you evaluate him as a head coach. I mean, don't you think Ritter's going to be there at some point this year? At some point, yeah. yeah. So either way, you got a new quarterback. Either way, you have a new quarterback. Yeah, that would be below with the very Giants few weapons, and but yeah. Seattle would be lower than that. Even with all respect to Carroll, their quarterbacks stink. Yeah, I mean the, the Panthers. I think Seattle was the worst quarterbacks in the league. Easily the worst quarterback room. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Right. So Carroll carries some weight. Although but... I don't know if it's easily because Falcons' quarterback room isn't great. No, it's not. <laughs> but and Panthers are bad. The Panthers are might be the worst. Yeah, I'd rather have Ritter than Corral. Of the everyone has an incumbent and a young guy, I'd rather I'd go Ritter, Corral, Locke. Of those three. Okay, well, what about the veteran guys? I'd probably played? go Mariota, Darnold, Gino. But Gino's you wouldn't better say than Locke Darnold. is. Locke is. Uh, I, think I mean, I'd... Locke's the same age as Darnold. I'm just thinking yeah. if, if Gino's just the oldest of the group. Gino's okay. <laughs> None of them are good. It's a bad bad. It's like, would you would you rather eat uh, you know this this fly or would you rather have this this uh, snail? Which <laughs> right, there's grass clippings over there. Right. I, I still think there's a chance that Corral or especially Ritter could be a decent NFL quarterback. Okay, but right out of the gate, no, no. And I think both will play this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I also think Jimmy and or Baker are going to end up somewhere. And that leaves seventeen: Davis Mills and Lovey Smith. I would have them ahead of, co- of, of I'd have them ahead of Atlanta and Seattle. Yeah. I don't love Lovey Smith as an NFL head coach, but he's been around the block. Yeah. 
I mean, I really think he's only getting hired until Josh McCown is more Yeah, he's 64 qualified. years old. Right, right, right. And they, I think there was some pressure on them to hire a minority mm-hmm. because they were the last hire. They seem to adore McCown, yeah. who has a terrible resume. He hasn't done anything. <laughs> hasn't done anything. I mean, it's, and I think the NFL would have given them pressure if they signed if they hired McCown. Without a doubt. I mean, over they were, many yeah. qualified minority coaches. Yeah. You know? So, whatever. True or false, Davis Mills will be an opening day starter in 2025. False. Okay. I lean towards false, but I give it like a 40% chance. I think he'll be a quality backup in 2025. He could be Cousins. He could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. He could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I mean, I a think guy he'll that be. You're, okay, well, he'll be our bridge. He'll yeah, be, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give he him some be starts Teddy here. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll make many millions in the last many years. Yeah. And win some games, but opening day starter three years from now, two years from now. I don't now, know that anybody know. went into last season saying, we got a game plan for Davis Mills here against this Texans team. No, but he did a lot with a little. He did. Like Mac Jones had more around him. But and, now I know. think when you start looking at this, now you're going to go, okay, now we're going to start game planning for Davis Mills at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And now things could go a little sideways on him. Yeah. I think you and I didn't have this conversation heard a remarkable stat about the Texans last year, which understandably now the the, the green, uh, Kenyon Green pick makes a lot more sense. Their success rate running the football on first down was historically bad. <laughs> you know, every time they ran the ball on first down, it was like second and nine. Yeah. I mean, the, the yards per carry on first down. So he was always behind the chains, you know. You so know, that's why I, I took some heat even recently. Um in fact, on on DK Pittsburgh Sports, when, when you know you came on, mm-hmm. and somebody said, "Well, now somebody will really tell us that the Steelers' offensive line stinks, or wasn't wasn't great." I I didn't. I never said last year that they were great. No one thinks they're great. <clears throat> I would just continue to say when people would come on and say, "Oh, this is the worst offensive line in the league." You don't know. No, it's not. You don't know the league. It's not the worst offensive line in the league. Right. Miami's <laughs> is way worse. Houston's was way worse. You know, like. And even at the time, I didn't understand them. Like, why are they taking a big earth-moving guard this early? And and even the Pierce pick, you know, like, I understood that. But yeah. they need to get a couple yards on first down. You right. know, they couldn't even do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other thing about a lot of these lines in the league, they look okay now, and they looked okay one year ago or the first month of the season. But once two injuries happen – some of these guys were yeah. trotting out bad players. Really bad. Yeah. Really bad players, right. Like the Bengals. We had a Bengals conversation yesterday. Some of the dudes that they played with late in the year should get zero snaps, you know. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that happens to everybody. I mean, there's attrition. No doubt. But those are the uh, the 17. Well, we counted 16. Because I thought one was cheap. Yeah, Trey Lance is not, not a new uh, new quarterback for the uh, San Francisco No, 49ers. they traded up for he him. He started games for them last year. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> like, how can he be new? He's He was a 49er last Same year. Same with Geno Smith. But Geno Smith... I, I don't know if he's going to be the starter. I think Drew Locke ends up being the starter. I think I would bet on it, too. Yeah. You might as well at least, you at least hope, see what you got. Help you get one, yeah. right. And yeah. I still think they may add somebody still. Yeah, absolutely. Like if but Jimmy the, gets cut, I, I bet they'd grab him in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex here at Steelers OTA, day number two of session three. We're going to take a break and come back. We'll hear from Zach Gentry. Uh, he spoke with uh, oh, Wes Euler cool. and Arthur Motes earlier. Uh, so we'll play that back for you. If you missed that one, uh, you'll get a chance to hear it now. So uh, we'll be back right after this. 
And we are back. I'm Gail Lally here with Matt Lachin. And Matt uh, talked about uh, the Jack uh, Gentry interview. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, I did want to talk about the ancillary block. Yeah. Beyond the offensive deal. line. It really yeah. is. First of all, I didn't really understand the Gentry pick when it happened. Watched him his rookie year, and you know, it kind of looks like a giraffe a little bit. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> a lot of stuff like flailing. They like those they, those guys. You know, Matt Space was, was that, that type guy. of guy. Yeah. But you've said this eight thousand times on the drive. I mean, people were allowed to get better. You, you know, these guys work hard. Anyone's going to practice, they work hard. The coaches are doing putting their time in. Not every draft pick is for now. I think he's a perfect example of that. And, again, the ancillary blocking is a big deal on this team. Losing Juju, I thought, really hurt in that regard. Yeah. And I've been very critical of Claypool because I thought, you know, how many how many times when he was picked, you know, boy, he was a good blocker at Notre Dame. He's a great special teamer. You know you're going to get that right out of the bat. And he's let me down in that regard. It's never going to be Deontay's thing. Um Ray Ray was on the field a lot, and I've been critical not gonna of give that. You anything, He's not going to give you anything. And you might get a little bit of Watt, you know, Cam's little brother's input from these peripheral blockers, too. And I think Fryer moves fine. Cam's older brother. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, younger. Did I call younger. him older? I'm, I, I'm just thinking Watt. Never mind. Watt's, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. There's too many brothers on this team. Too many brothers. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, I mean, I, I think the ancillary blocking is huge. Mm-hmm. And, and Pickens does it well, by the and way. And Pickens is, is very yeah. physical. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, coming out of Georgia, you better be. Right, uh, right, because right. Because they're going to run the football. Yeah, they're going to throw the ball 20 to 25 times every game. Mm-hmm. And they're going to run the ball 45 times every game. If we operate under the assumption that they're, they're the most used personnel package will be 11 personnel with Najee, Fryermuth, Deontay, Claypool, Pickens on the field, which, of course, they're going to use other things. Yeah. I only think one of those 11's a subpar blocker. For his respective position, and that's Johnson, who's your best receiver. Right. You know, yeah. so you'll take that. I mean, that, that's that's rare. Usually, there's two or three liabilities on a team for you know when an eleven personnel. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting. I know Zach Gentry bulked up last year. Mm-hmm. Um, took he, he was injured in year two, had that knee knee issue. Year one was basically you know a wash for him. Um, you know, he just didn't play a lot because he was basically on scholarship as the number three guy. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's talking about a guy who's a former quarterback. Yeah, right, right, right. At Michigan, when he went to Michigan, he was a quarterback. Which you can see the knowledge of the game too yeah. there. Uh, but he's now up to two hundred and eighty plus pounds. As is a, he really? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what he played at last year by chance? He, that was where he played last year. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know he's a big tight end, but I didn't realize he was in that neighborhood. Yeah. I, I was, like, was looking at him and, and, and Pat Fryermuth today, and Fryermuth's not a small tight end. No, no, he's not Evan Ingram. Or, yeah, you know, right. Uh, and Gentry just towers over him. Yeah. And I mean, he's like an, a big guy. He's like in a, having an extra, ath, more athletic offensive tackle on the field. Mm-hmm. There, I don't know how familiar our listeners are with Lee Smith, who went to Marshall. He's been in the league. Just for, a big jarhead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like 280 and has made a nice living doing exactly that. If Gentry could be a version of that that catches, I don't know, 15 passes a year, 20 passes a year. Every once in a while you sneak him out. He right. shows the block and then sneaks out, and next thing you know, he's he got 15 yards. Yeah, play action at the goal <laughs> line. We've seen a million tight ends, you know, throw it up high, go get it. You know I mean? So that's that's a long-term – that's a keeper to me, you know, yeah. if, he, if he can do those things. And he's somebody you, uh, <laughs> and he's somebody that you could, you know, 
sign to a second deal, get eight to ten years of never be on the field for more than, I don't know, 25%, 30% of the snaps. But yeah. he played more and more as the season went on last year, too. Yeah, because, you know, on running, you know. They're trying to run the ball. That's the one thing, you know, if you if you want to talk about Friermuth's uh, rookie season, the one thing he didn't do well was block. Right. And, and people forget, I mean, just because he's a tight end at Penn State and Big Ten and you would think, oh, you know, they run the ball a ton. He was their number one receiver. receiver. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if they're throwing the ball, he's going out. And that's yeah. the case with most drafted tight ends. You know, I mean, that, that's one of the things that why they struggle to transition to the league is blocking's hard. Blocking, def- you know, edge defenders and outside linebackers and even big, strong safeties is hard work. And a lot of it's technique, and they just haven't done much of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll give Gentry credit because a lot of times, you know, these, these guys that are 6'8 mm-hmm. struggle. They can't get low now. They just can't get low. Right, right. Uh, And so most teams, if they get their linebacker or if they get a linebacker or an edge rusher matched up on a tight end, the edge rusher is expected to win that. Oh, yeah, that's what they want. Yeah. Like, trust me, like, when the defense gets together and watches tape, and, I mean, T.J. Watt's an obvious example, but any guy in that position – you get a tight end block, everyone in the room's laughing at you if you don't win that game. You don't win that. You know, like, they're blocking you the tight end. Yeah. Ah, Let alone a tight end who's a former quarterback. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I looked at Gentry, too. One of my worries with him, just first, his rookie minicamp or whatever, first time watching him live, I didn't I didn't think he'd bend well. You know, like, yeah. they do those drills where they have to get under the bars and, you know, come out of their stance low. He's worked on it, obviously. You yeah. know, usually you have that or you don't. But he's he's a little more flexible than he used to be, and yeah, you know, I think he's a keeper. Well, that was what was amazing to me uh, two years ago when the Steelers signed Eric Ebron mm-hmm. and watching him hit the sled and stuff. And I asked him, yeah. "When's the last time you hit a sled?" And he's like, uh, "Maybe my rookie year in Detroit." <laughs> Talking about a guy, maybe, been, yeah, been a guy <laughs> who's been in the league five or six years and. and I, it just boggles my mind that more teams don't ask their tight ends to block. Yeah, that, that's definitely surprising. And so many of them in the league now, the Gaseckis, and you know, are really just big wide receivers. I mean, you can call them whatever you want, but you're really starting with like a Jimmy Graham. There, there's a, a ton of these guys that come in the league as just big athletes, and call them whatever you want, but they're not blocking many people. And peripheral blocking as a whole, you know, is what we opened the the uh, segment with. It's sort of a lost art. You know, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of divas, there's a lot of seven on sevens, there's a lot of you know different college programs and now NFL programs that just don't stress it very much. Yeah, so it's more than just the offensive line blocking. Oh yeah, it's it's right, about right. The, you know you break those long runs. Mm-hmm. By having your receivers and, 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 you know, tight ends blocking downfield. The, the Titans come to mind. Like, Derrick Henry is a load when he gets going, of course. And he has a lot of long runs. But they've had a lot of good blocking receivers, you know, that are they're making plays for him eight yards downfield. You know, the second level. They come and they get in the way of a safety or whatever that would have at least slowed Henry down. You know, so that's a great way to generate big plays, you know, and, and – I forget who referenced it, but I think someone asked Pickens sometime since getting drafted, you know, about his his blocking. And, you know, he not only takes pride in it, I mean, he's pretty aggressive with it. And a lot of those Georgia backs over the years have broke a lot of long runs, and he deserves some credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, you put your guy on his, on his butt. Yeah. And then you keep him there. Or you, you know, lead the way down the field uh, just to seal, your, seal the edge. Was his – freshman year and I'm not putting you on a spot here but his best year his freshman year as an yes. 18 year old was Chubb the lead back 
I think that adds up. Because past year was Cook and Zamir White, who was a really good candom. Well, that would have been 2019, Georgia? Uh, yes. Yes, because he was there three years. I 21. And, yeah, 21 and 20 were injury riddled. And 19, Pickens was a total superstar. No, it was DeAndre Swift. Ah, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. I was going to say, there had to be a great Georgia back there, and I'm like, Sony Michelle's too old. Yeah. And Swift I think... only averaged 12, uh, 6.2 yards a carry there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, Michelle has to be too old, and then Michelle and Chubb came out the same year, right? And who yeah. am I missing? It's Swift. It's, it's Swift, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, they, they just pump out the running backs. They do. There, and they want to run the football. I mean, even that, if you look at that year, uh, Pickens had, uh, what, fi- um where the heck's are the other stats, those receiving stats? So that year, Pickens had 49 catches for okay. 727 yards. And people are like, well, that's that's not very many you know, yards. They don't throw the ball much. Right. And there's Swift a had 196 carries in, in 14 games. Brian Harrion had 103 carries in 12 games. Uh, Zamir White had 78 carries. Okay. In, in, in and Zamir White was like a four- or five-star recruit, yeah. too. I mean, I mean they had, at that point. They had three guys that finished with more than 400 yards rushing mm-hmm. that year, and that wasn't a great Georgia team. That was that was a 12-2 and two Georgia team. Right. They were, just, nah, they were uh, okay know, here. You know, right. They finished fourth that year. Probably lost to Bama. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that was Joe Burrow's year. They probably lost yeah. to the powerhouse LSU and Bama. Yeah, yeah well, bad year. For but even at that, Jake Fromm threw the ball in 14 games 385 times. So using my UPJ math, that's about 25 times a game. Right, right, right. So you're just not going to put up those kind of those, those kind of big receiving numbers. Mm-hmm. So the majority of the time, you're blocking. You're blocking a bunch. You know, so you're either selling it or you're you're actually blocking. Yeah, and, yeah. and again, many people considered Pickens the best receiver in the country after that 2019 season. Yeah, and with all respect to Fromm, who was an okay college quarterback, he didn't have great quarterback play there either. No, you know, you know, right? Guys, you know, Fields transferred. I mean, not. Sounds like that. He probably should have stayed, but who knows? You know. Yeah, we're still waiting for the uh, <laughs> Zach Gentry uh, interview to download here. So while we do that, we're going to take a break. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're here live at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. This is how live radio goes. Uh, sometimes we got you know we got guys back in the studio trying to get these things downloaded, uh, getting those messages back and forth. Uh, but that's how it goes here. Uh, we'll be back with more. Hopefully that Zach Gentry uh, interview will be ready to go uh, when we come back right after this. Information. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, we are live from Steelers APA here at the UPMC Green Sports Complex. This is a special edition of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio uh, as we uh, go into uh, closing down hour two here of our six, of our portion of our this. Our portion, yeah, yeah. our three-hour segment. Right. Six hours every day here live from Steelers APA sessions uh, following uh, West Ruler in Arthur Motes every day. We'll be back again tomorrow. And that'll wrap up our first that'll week. That'll be the first yeah, week, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday every week, and we'll take you all the way through minicamp, actually. So it's actually four weeks. Yeah, good uh, stuff. So can't uh, can't wait for that. We'll continue to bring you that. Uh, but um, I, I know I promised the Zach Gentry uh, interview here. That still is downloading here. But as I was just uh, tooling around here, I looked in my emails, and I got a thing here. This is the odds for MVP award mm, okay. for the league this okay. year. This, these are the futures. So right now, 
as it stands, Justin Herbert has overtaken Josh Allen as the league MVP. Number one. Yeah. He's plus 550. Well, I think he's a special young player, but it amazes me that he's number one. Yeah. Josh Allen is second at plus 600. So it's a a close race. Mm Mm-hmm. The Chargers didn't go to the playoffs last year. They did not. in a really tough division. Yeah. I mean, I did a power ranks recently, and I had them very, very high. I had the Bills won. But I feel much better about the Bills going to the postseason than the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if, if, you know, if the Bills go 13-4. and four, Is that good enough for Allen? Yeah. <sighs> Probably. As opposed, like, you let's know. say the Chargers go 11 and they have a tougher division, 11-6. and six. But they're the top two names, right? Yeah. I still would have Mahomes at very he much started. in this conversation. He started at plus 900. They're mm-hmm. the only ones under plus 1,000. Joe Burrow is fourth at plus 1,100. Okay. That's Aaron low. Rodgers is fifth at plus 1,400, as is Tom Brady at plus 1,400. See, the thing about Rodgers and Mahomes, they both have won the award. Rodgers has won two in a row. And you got to remember human beings are voting for this. So right now, human beings that are doing the voting – have extremely high expectations for Allen, obviously Herbert, Burrow, and expect them to be awesome. Where those teams, Green Bay and Kansas City, just lost a stud. So if Rodgers or Mahomes comes out of nowhere and overcomes that, <laughs> see, yeah, those are the guys I'd be betting on. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they've done it. And wow, I can't believe that he could overcome those circumstances to do it again. Yeah. Russell Wilson comes in at plus 1,600. Then you have Deshaun Watson and Jalen Hurts at plus eighteen hundred. Uh, that, that's Ooh. I wouldn't bet on either one of those guys. No, I mean I think the Eagles could be good. Yeah, who was the other one? I'm sorry, uh, Deshaun Watson. No, I'm not betting that at all. No way. I mean, <laughs> you got to play the majority of the season. Yeah, at least, right. You know, right. Uh, no. Yeah. Then you got Derek Carr at plus two thousand, as is Matthew Stafford at plus two thousand. I think those are pretty good bets. Those are yeah, those are solid. I mean, if the Raiders have a real good year. Of course he's going to get it. I mean, from that team. Yeah. You know, How about I mean, this next two? You really like these ones. Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. Those are two names at, I was actually thinking plus about. Plus 2,500. I think both of them are better than what they showed last year, and their teams could be good. I mean, Lamar versus Burrow, just sticking in the division, let alone Watson, I think he would be my pick no matter what the odds are. If, like, if you told me – the league MVP is going to come out of the AFC North. Who do you who do you think it would have been? I would say it's Lamar. Yeah, I mean he has won it, right? <laughs> you know, I mean Burrow's great, but Lamar is a one man show without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after them at, at plus thirty three hundred, you have three guys, four guys: Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan, Trey Lance, and Tua Tagovailoa. Really? I don't like any. I of can't that. write a story where Tua is the league MVP. No. Ryan's won one. I don't see him winning it, though, now at 37. I mean, I can't imagine him being the MVP of the Colts offense. <laughs> and that's not a knock on no, him. No, it's Jonathan Taylor's, Taylor's good. Yeah. Taylor's really good. Um, Lance would have to be remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I guess Lance would possible. have to. I mean, he could, he could come out and have a, a Lamar Jackson type year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. But that's what he like would have the, to do. He'd have to be like the guy that wins fantasy leagues. Yeah. You know, which is possible. Um, who was the, the other one I thought had a chance? Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean he has a chance. Do it for seventeen games though, yeah. Tyler. You know. Uh, then you got Kirk Cousins in a tier by himself at plus four thousand. It's not the worst odds in the world if they win twelve games. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> the ceiling's just not high enough. Yeah, MVP is a big big accomplishment. Uh, then after that, uh, you get your first non-quarterback, Derrick Henry at plus five thousand. That's interesting because 
He was on that pace last year before. He got yeah, hurt. I mean, if anyone if recently, had a, if, could if have it had that. mid-season, if you had had the MVP award, mm-hmm. it goes to Derrick Henry. It's interesting that he has a better shot than Tannehill. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and oh, I yeah. guess he should. But shouldn't Taylor have a better shot than Ryan? I would think so. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I know fantasy is not reality, but I mean, all these people play fantasy. Everyone in the world plays fantasy, and, right? You know, these are all fantasy type guys. Taylor's going first, McCaffrey's going second, Henry's going third amongst yeah. running backs. You know, I, I think Taylor's got a better MVP shot than any non-quarterback. And no Cooper Cup on here yet. He and he would be next. Yeah. Right. Uh, then after Henry, also with Henry at plus 5,000, is Mac Jones. Wow. I don't see that at all. I don't either. Then you have uh, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence all at plus 6,600. I mean – it's a super long shot, <laughs> but I could see Lawrence. I mean, if, if Cup goes out and catches 150 passes this year, mm-hmm. which is certainly possible. Yeah. I mean, he was right there at that at that number last year. I don't know the last time receivers won it. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's I, the problem. Actually, it was uh, – uh, Was it Randy Moss or – I think it was Jerry Rice. I, I was thinking Harrison one year set the receiving receptions. Uh, I think it was Jerry – because I looked Rice that up when Antonio kind of- Brown was getting – because uh, he was in the conversation. He was in that conversation, right. yeah. Like, even as great as Julio and A.B. were for those stretches, they were never even, like, runner-up, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, it's just so hard It's really receiver. difficult because for the receiver to have a great year, their quarterback has to have a great mm-hmm. year. Unless your quarterback gets hurt, then you're, mm-hmm. you know, then you're splitting it. Uh, like, does Adams have a better shot than Carr? Mm. Is that – I mean, Adams at a super long shot, would you be interested? Like, okay – to me, Tyreek has a better chance MVP than Tua. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't expect Tyreek to have an MVP type of season. No, I, it's just but really. But for what the money you're Yeah, it's you really difficult. Win. Yeah, for yeah. what you're laying down. Tua's and, not going to win it. There's a bunch of guys here at plus 10,000. A bunch. The the first guy on this list is Baker Mayfield. You don't even know where he's playing that. Right? <laughs> right, he might right. not even start and be a starter this year. Okay. We'll read them off, and we'll each pick okay. one that would to put a dollar on to win a million So it's Baker dollars. Mayfield at plus 10,000. Carson Wentz at plus 10,000. Christian McCaffrey at plus 10,000, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, and Zach Wilson. Hmm. I think there's one clear one there. I think Carson Wentz at plus 10,000. I was going to say McCaffrey. I could see, I could see you know, if they win the AFC or the NFC East, mm-hmm. let's, say they, let's say Washington comes back and wins 11 or 12 games this year. Yeah. I mean, he's he been actually, in that conversation. He actually before. almost won one, yeah. like, to your point, you know. I think McCaffrey was a runner-up, though, the year that he went insane. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if he's a fantasy winner, stays healthy, But are they going to be good enough to, to get there? I'm just saying, like, if they get the nine wins with Joe Blow at quarterback because McCaffrey's a utter superstar. Yeah. No, I think those two stay Those above. two, Wentz, yeah. Because, yeah. again, Wentz almost won one. If he stays healthy for the last month of the season, he would have been the MVP of the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Then you're looking at plus 15,000. Alvin Kamara, Jamar Chase, Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Ryan Tannehill, and T.J. Watt. Wow. Only defensive player the only you mentioned. The, the first defensive player. The only, uh, there's only one other defensive player on this list that you can get odds on. Garrett or Donald, or Donald I assume? Garrett, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, Aaron Donald should at least be in the conversation. Chase at 15,000. Jamar Chase. Yeah. I was thinking Kamara at 15,000. What if Chase goes out this year and, and betters his numbers from last year by a lot? Mm-hmm. What if he goes out and catches you know 1,800 yards worth of receiving yards and has 20 touchdowns? 
Well, again, I'm looking a lot a lot of this through fantasy lenses. I mean, I mean, Burrow's having a great year, but you could look at it and say, well, Chase is making Burrow better. Where I was going with that, though, is Justin Jefferson's name wasn't mentioned. He's not, no. I mean, it, Cup, Jefferson, and Chase, in some order, usually Cup first, are the top three receivers off the board. Yeah. So if I can get long, long, long odds on Jefferson, I'd consider it. I think Chase is more talented, though. Yeah. Like, if he has a blow-up, historic year, I don't think that's crazy. It could happen. No, it, it could definitely happen. So, so could uh, Jefferson for that So matter. could Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson. Same no thing one, with, I mean, Cup had a, a historic year. Yeah. I mean, no one's been more productive in their first two years in the league than Justin Jefferson yeah. at that position, including Randy Moss and guys like that. for you know? T.J. Watt to be NFL MVP. Oh, I mean, I think Lawrence Taylor was the last one. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have like a 25-sack season. Mm-hmm. And He's I guess capable. Hey, him or Garrett or <laughs> Donald could do it. Yeah. But, wow. The other thing you need for that to happen is some of those guys on the list that are – the Rodgers and Mahomes have to be either down years or miss a couple games. Yeah. Or, you know, you need some good things the to happen amongst the kind quarterbacks. Of, yeah. right, right. Like, if we, have a, if we have a conversation in week 15, who's the best quarterback in the league? And, and the conversation goes, hmm. It's like maybe we're five guys sure. yeah. in the conversation, and, yeah. And Watt has 22 sacks at that point. <laughs> That's the only chance he's got. Yeah. You know, if my – again, there's And a the reason. Steelers would have to be good. They'd have good. to be good. They'd yeah. be good. They'd be like leading the division or yeah. the best defense in the league at least. Yeah. You know. Um, and again, uh, why doesn't Ben have more MVP votes? Why isn't Russell Wilson have more MVP votes? Because most only years, one. somebody runs yeah. away with it. You, and, know, and that you only everybody... get one vote. You just vote for one guy. Right. And you're a jag off if you don't vote for that guy because yeah. it's so obvious. Right. You know, like obviously LeBron or Jordan. Yeah, they're the MVP. Like who would you else would you vote for some of those years? How about you know? these? this next group of guys? Well, actually, there's, there's one guy at plus 20,000. That's Dalvin Cook. That's not awful. That's not awful. Then you have at plus 20, uh, 25,000, three guys Austin Eckelar. He's really good. Yeah. And then Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb. Okay. I don't know if Chubb could ever get there. Yeah, because he's not going to. I mean, he, he, he comes he, off the field too much. He would have to have a Derrick Henry like right. 2,000 yard season. And, mm-hmm. you know. But what if they're, what if Watson suspended eight to And they're running the ball 50 games. times a game. And they win <laughs> 13 games. Yeah. You know, on the back of Chubb or Garrett. No, I can see that happening. With Watson suspended. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would be their formula to get there. Yeah. Some of Off- these scripts are hard to write, though. Offensive Rookie of the Year, the leaders here. Kenny Pickett leading the way at plus 600. I don't think I'd vote on him for. I would not. Because I don't know how many I don't games think, he's going to I don't think right. he's going to be the starter right away. And you got Chris Olave, Brees Hall, James Cook, Sky Moore. Traylon Burks, Drake London, Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Jalen Tolbert, Jamison Williams, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Damian Pierce. Uh, you also have George Pickens at four th- plus four thousand. Really, I would put Brees Hall as a leader Pickett, in, the, in the clubhouse. You don't get a Pickens at plus six hundred. The next quarterback doesn't get mentioned on there until Corral at plus sixteen hundred. Unlike a, a season like last year, though, betting on a receiver as a long shot is a more likely to hit. Figuring out which one is the guy. Right, right, right. Is, is more a Pickens the issue. or a Sky Moore or somebody that wasn't the first receiver yeah. taken. Chris Olave is the leader at plus 800. I wouldn't put that money on that. Yeah. And then you know, Brees Hall at plus 900 is. I mean, Olave might be the third receiver on his team now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brees Hall would be my vote. Yeah. Like if I were making the odds, if Vegas had put him in, uh, he would be my, the one that is pays the least. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker at plus twelve. The possibility. That's yeah. not bad. That's not bad either. Yeah, I kind of like that one. Um, I'd kind of bet on long shots this year. 
Yeah, I mean, because uh, there's not many quarterbacks that are. It goes back to what we were talking it. about with that with that draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just the the depth of the draft. There's, there's a lot of names on there I like. Right, right, right. But are they in the right situation? Right. And are they going to have a, an opportunity to start? Like I'm not saying told, it's picking, If you told but... me one of these quarterbacks on here was going to be a starter from day one. Like Matt Corral. He, he immediately goes to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Ritter or Corral or somebody like that is unbelievable in camp in the preseason <laughs> and they're going to be the starter in week one, which could happen in a, a situation like that that probably isn't going to win a lot of games, I'm putting a chip on them. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But those are the ones that it would be. Yeah. And as for defensive uh, players, uh, it's it's not going to be Willis. Aiden Hutchinson's number one at plus five hundred. Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, George Karloftis, Quay Walker, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Maude Gardner, Trayvon Walker, Derek Stingley, Devin Lloyd. I mean, that, that's your top ten. Defensive, Usually, it's a pass rusher or a linebacker. Defensive though. player of the year odds. Well, that's probably one. No, Miles Garrett's one at plus really? six fifty. Just because the MVP thing, I figured Walker yeah. would be ahead of him. Uh, plus 650, T.J. Watt second at plus 700, Aaron Donald at plus 750. Those are as good odds as you're going to get on Aaron Donald. It's as good as it gets for yeah. him, and they're about to extend him. Yeah. It's not like he's worse. And you're looking at Micah Parsons at plus 900, Nick Bosa at plus 1,100, Joey Bosa at plus 1,800, Khalil Mack at plus 2,000, Chase Young at plus 2,200. Chase Young at that odds. That's not bad. I mean, he wasn't great before he got hurt yeah. last year. Really, Donald's the, the move. Yeah, like if you're you a financial advisor, I'd say bet on Donald now while you can. Max Crosby and Von Miller both at plus twenty five hundred. Bradley Chubb, uh, Daniel Hunter, and Darius Leonard. Oh, and Derwin James as well as Jalen mm. Ramsey and Trey Hendrickson, all at plus thirty three hundred there for Defensive Player of the Year. A guy like Leonard that low, he's going to have three fumble recoveries, three picks, and a million tackles if he stays. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 good that's, defense. That's He'll be I relevant. Thought, I thought he was a candidate last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm you know, just thinking on. whoever the most prolific linebacker in the league is, and his name and Fred Warner come to mind. Yeah, as I think they're the two. Warner's coming back off an injury though. Yeah, that's and, and scary. Bosa was listed off his team where the Colts didn't have anybody else. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, we finally do have that uh, Zach Gentry uh, interview uh, downloaded. So we'll play that back when we come back. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We'll be back with Hour 3 here live from Steelers OTA sessions at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex uh, right after this on The Drive.